Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Welcome to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I have a great conversation ready for us with um, DJ Stutz. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Yes, I'm excited about the conversation because today we're going to talk about is parenting, raising these kiddos. I call them experiments, but (laughs) tell us a little bit about (laughs) yourself and what you do and kind of how you got to this point. Yeah, well, um, I just retired from teaching with more than 20 years of classroom experience. I also, we lived in um, Las Vegas for 20 years. And for 16 of those years, I also worked part-time with the Division of Family and Youth Services as a parenting facilitator. And what's interesting is I got to do workshops and classes just all over this, the county, the city. And I did them in homeless shelters. I had them in churches and schools and libraries. And I even taught classes in two women's prisons. Wow. While I was doing that. Yeah. What an experience. Just very eye-opening. And at the same time raising your I'm own. The oldest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I um now, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I um am the oldest of seven. I have five younger brothers. Oh wow. And then I have five children of my own. Mm-hmm. And my youngest brother was only three when I got married. So big gap. I've never had a time in my life when I haven't had little guys around. My husband's the youngest of nine. And when you put our two families together, we've got over 70 nieces and nephews. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What a party. So I've taught, oh, a huge party. We just had a, a reunion. We figured out from his parents they have uh, 205 descendants from my husband's parents. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So I know big families really well. And um, I've just had a a blast working with kids and teaching them. I've always taught either kindergarten or a Mm -hmm. pre-K. And my last two years of teaching, I was blessed to be in a special needs pre-K for Douglas County School Districts right outside of Denver. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a blessing that was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's me. And so you said you have five kids. Uh, what are their ages now? Yes. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm an old fart. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest um, is 42. Uh-huh. And my youngest, and she's the one we adopted. She was 12 when we got her. And she just turned 27. Great. And so I've got uh, two over 40, two in their 30s, and one in their 20s. So, Grandkids? And I have 12 grandchildren myself. 12 grandkids. That's great. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. You definitely through your own your own family and then your own your, your voice origin. went out. I can't hear you. Oh, so, so you're through your own family, family of origin. Yeah. Um, and then your gra- own kids and then grandkids. You have lots of generations of experience. Yeah, yeah, I do. And um I've My degree is in early childhood education. I'm considered, I was considered at at the district an early childhood specialist. Mm -hmm. I had endorsements in both music and special education. Wonderful. And um, 
So I, yeah, I had a really good uh, time. I loved what I did every day and watching. And I think how I started with uh, Little Hearts Academy, which is my coaching program, and then the podcast, which is Imperfect Heroes, Insights into Parenting. And it all kind of got started with the COVID, everything shut down. And, you know, I was just wanting to reach out and help people. And so it got started there. And just seeing families who were struggling with day-to-day issues Mm -hmm. and being overwhelmed with them. And I thought, man, you know, I wish I knew when I was 20 and Mm -hmm. raising kids in my 20s and 30s. Um, I wish I knew then what I know now. And so I'm hoping to kind of close the gap a little bit with some of our brand new parents. And so we focus on children ages eight and under. With my early childhood, that's where my specialty lies. And we just have a blast laughing and crying and, you know, sharing stories and looking at ways to improve. Yeah. And that's what, especially the last few couple of years, the amount of families that are hurting, the amount of things that have been in- exposed, yeah. found out is so critical that we have people like you and the tools like Zoom and other stuff that we don't really use oh, yeah. to connect with people, to be teams. We should not be doing this by ourselves. You're exactly right. Um, and being a team member with your spouse, sometimes mm-hmm. you've got one parent that is kind of absent, even though they may be in the home emotionally and their attention to the kids, they're just not there, even though their body's there. And, you know, and parenting is hard Mm -hmm. Um, and it can break up families. I have a friend back in Las Vegas and her husband left her. They had four boys and, and his reason was it's, it's just too hard. Mm-hmm. It was too hard parenting the four boys. So I'm going to take off and you do it. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. And, it's such a. Oh, doesn't that, it? And it's going to impact generations there if there's not intervention. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, and, and struggling with parenting is just part of the human experience. Correct. We're all going to have issues. It's, it's going to be hard for everybody. And whether you are live, living in poverty or, you know, whether you've got Jeff Bezos mansions and all that help, it's still hard. And there are common elements, no matter, it's just part of being a human kid. Mm-hmm. There are common elements that are normal. And we, sometimes we tend to get overly exasperated or, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> and, you know, full of anxiety over stuff. I love it when I hear people act your age and I'm thinking (laughs) they are. (laughs) That's it. I loved, I I saw a mom the other, well, it's been about a couple of weeks now out in the parking lot. She had two girls. They look like they're about, I don't know, four and six around there. Mm -hmm. And she's just screaming at them. But what she was saying was hysterical. She was like, I'm sick and tired of you yelling at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Quit yelling at your sister. I'm like, oh. Yep. Okay. (laughs) Don't do what you're doing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do what I'm doing. (laughs) But it's funny when you're in the moment and your emotions are so high and your anxiety levels are really high. And she was probably like done with work. She'd been working all day. 
she picks up the kids. She's got to go to the store and get stuff. And it's just all piling on. Right. And it doesn't mean she's a bad parent by any means, but it's just funny. The things that we do as parents. That oh, we're, are we're all indicted. We're all in trouble. There's not a parent that gets away with like not doing something that's actually kind of irrational or um, yeah, even harmful for that matter. But part of what you're doing and what your heart's been and your whole year of years of you know, study and, and work has been preparing you to continue to invest in families in a very critical state. Yeah. Birth to 10 is so critical. Birth to seven, there, there's personalities are developing. And so you're in that you're focusing on that most critical time of development with kids, yeah. which is where a lot of parents are actually not focused. They're just in survival mode. Exactly. They really are. And, and, you know, and there's so many things. I mean, maybe there's marriage issues. Maybe there are employment issues. I mean, we've got this inflation that's out of control. And so, you know, so I just ran to the store earlier this morning to get a few things you know, for my grandkids and my daughter and we're all together and, and just a few little items was over 50 bucks. And so our money isn't going as far. How are we going to manage all of this? Then we have our own expectations that we put on ourselves with fabulous, you know, this great vacations and, um, you know, having them in all of these sports to, you know, that's what's expected. Yeah. Yeah. I know we had to cancel so our, that our just too. Like we just couldn't afford our, we always go cross country. We drive all the way across country and take a different route every time. And we had to cancel all that yeah. the gas and, yeah. and plane tickets are higher. And, but that's what you mentioned. So marriages, which I believe is one of the most critical pieces of the puzzle for families and for kids development is Absolutely. The health of the marriage, financial, job situations, absent father or absent mother. There's so many pieces here, not to mention what they're dealing with then in school and around their own peers as they're getting older. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that well, you- and too, Sometimes to- in school, oh, they're right. learning things that are absolutely contradictory to what parents are trying to teach them. Oh gosh, yes, so true. Whether it's from their friends, yeah, or their teachers or whatever. I yeah. mean- I'm well aware of, I've also been like a state PTA, you know, the PTA parent mm-hmm. teacher association. So in the past, I was also the president of the state of Nevada for their PTA. And then I've also been on the national PTA board of directors for many years. And, you know, I've been to DC five times, you know, advocating for kids and education and, and you're seeing all of that, but then, so I'm very, aware not only as a teacher but as someone who is advocating for kids and and you know there are some things going on in schools that you really need to be aware and a lot of times I've had parents say I can't do that like when they're at the school they're they belong to the school (laughs) you know whatever's going on there I know yeah but they feel like they just can't and we actually, um, we chose to not put our kids in school. We, our kids have never been there. We homeschool. Yeah. And part of it has been driven by some other motivations, my own health issues that I've dealt with in the beginning. But as we've gotten into the last probably four or five years, it's kind of been, you know what? I wouldn't do that. I would not put them in school. And again, not every family can do that. But right. What they're facing in the school, if you're not 
intentionally talking about what they're discussing in school, they're probably listening more to their peers in school than they are to you as parents. And we don't have time for that. And so this is a dangerous time in terms of the, the indoctrination is the word I'm going to use, but of, of children into very different ideologies than the parents probably agree with. Right. Well, and I think too, it's, the, it's when we're talking about these early foundational years, mm-hmm. really, that is when you're going to build the relationship that's strong and the family values that will get them through so that they feel comfortable in coming to you right. and saying, my friend said this, or this is happening at school or whatever, that these are the years that you build that foundation so that you can help them get through their older you know, tween and teen years and, and college and all of that. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a very important time. And yet you're right. Parents do feel so overwhelmed, but then there's that adage of working smarter, not harder. Right. Right. And well, so and- sometimes we do things that are so counterproductive. Right. And if we just put that same energy into something that is more positive and more productive, it's not more work. It's just different work. So it's learning to partner with people, whether it's a church ministry or a coach or a a parenting group or, you know, any group that's actually going to give you tools, actual practical tools, because it's sad thing Mm -hmm. we act like we're supposed to know it all. None of us know it all. So when I partner Mm -hmm. with someone, I'm maybe the teacher a lot of times and the counselor and coach, but man, do I learn every time for pretty much every relationship. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I learn what not to do. (laughs) Exactly. But, but I learned new skills, new tools, new strategies that I didn't know or that or I wasn't quite aware of. They were sitting there unused. And that's the power of community, which is how, what we're actually meant to, to be living in. Exactly. And I think it's so important for parents to realize that they're not alone. Yep. So true. And I remember when, so my youngest son, um, so he's the fourth of the, of the five, severely, severely ADHD. In fact, his pediatric neurologist told me that he had treated over 3,000 kids with ADHD and my Christian was in the top five. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, hard. whoa. Hard, hard, hard. Yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard on everybody, but I had to keep remembering and I wasn't good at remembering it all the time, <laughs> yeah. but it was just as hard on him as it was for us, mm-hmm. just you different. Know, understanding that why I'm in trouble all the time and why are my teachers always mad at me and, and all of that. And, and so I think when we really look at the whole picture, why is this child tantruming in the middle of the grocery store or at the mall or, you know, what is going on with my child? What is going on with me as a parent? Maybe I'm the one, because I see a lot of times and sometimes teachers will do this too, is, is they will set off the kid with their, yeah, yeah, they make it a ton worse. And then we go back to working smarter, not harder and just choosing some different tools. It's funny. I was at a granddaughter's um, seventh birthday last weekend. And so some of my son's friends, they know about the podcast and, and stuff. And I was sitting there talking with one of the moms and um, it was a pool party, you know, a swim party, and they were starting to get ready to go. And this mom 
was telling her daughter, we need to go in and get changed and you need to go to the bathroom. And I don't have to go to the bathroom because no, I want you to try because we've been here a long time. You've been drinking a lot of fluids. It's a bit of a ride home. It was like a 30 minute drive home. And she was like, I don't want to. And I'm sitting here watching and, and uh, the mom just kind of looked at me like, see, (laughs) (laughs) this is what I'm dealing with. Right. And so I said, Hey, kiddo, how about this? First, you go in and go to the bathroom, get ready. And then when you come out, mom will sit with you and give you some snuggles and, and uh, some time just you two can sit together for a few minutes. And this little girl just lit up. She was like, really? And mom looked at me and she goes, yeah, I'll snuggle you. And she's (laughs) like, great. And then she had this bag of, I don't know, some kind of food. And uh, she was worried about that. And so I said, I'll tell you what, while you go in the bathroom, I will watch it. I will guard it with my life. I will not allow anybody, you know, you get silly (laughs) about it. No one can touch it. She started laughing. And she, but she went in happily and got done what she needed to get done, came out and she was looking for me. And I'm like, I've got the bag, you know, holding it up. And she was so happy. And her mom came to me and she said, I would have never thought of that. Mm -hmm. I would have never thought about giving those kind of choices and giving whatever. Not a power struggle. Yeah. Giving choices. Exactly. It's a relationship. Yeah. Right. Right. And and you give offers that. I have a teenager that's it's him and I power struggle oftentimes my wife will look at me like you know better why are you doing this and it's like (laughs) okay back up and I have to repent and I have to start over and not I don't always do that very well but learning to like get out get over ourselves even or we're, we're sucked into the power struggle versus the choices give choices give not necessarily always rewards this can be good too. But Mm-mm. I had a mom recently, a few weeks ago, she told me, I wish I hadn't listened to other moms when I, my kids were little mm-hmm. and just said and did what they said, which was just enjoy this time of little kids. It's just a, the season mm-hmm. will be over soon and just enjoy it. She goes, because I enjoyed it, but I wasn't intentional and I didn't train yeah. them. I didn't teach them. And now she has teenagers that are not okay. This pandemic thing mm-hmm. has destroyed them. And it's like, how... Oh critical it is to have invested in those early years the most foundational years and yes you can still recover later 20s 30s forming at any age god's amazing but isn't he without the foundation with with the foundation it's easier the work is just harder when you're now trying to steer the ship of a teenager who knows it all or a 20 something who knows it all that's a whole different uh, ball of wax there yeah well, you know, the good Lord gave us the right to choose, mm-hmm. right? We have that free agency. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing as a parent is to grant that to our children. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. You know, and yet what must God be thinking as he's looking down at all these crazy choices we're making mm-hmm. in our lives individually, as families, as a community, as a nation. And yet that love is still there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yep, that hurts, didn't it? <laughs> and a lot of times we as parents are wanting to control everything so much that then you do wind up with kids who either rebel because it's their time to be making those choices for themselves at that time, or you wind up with kids who are unable to deal with conflict. They have no idea how to deal with conflict. They have no idea on how to make a choice on their own Mm -hmm. because mom made all the choices. 
right. her dad did. Right. And and so it's it's just interesting how the different personalities will take that, but it's always a you know it's a really tough road. And so our job really is to get them out of the house. Mm-hmm. You got to go. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, and yep. but we're but we're starting to develop that in the very early stages where a two year old is able to help load the dishwasher, mm-hmm. even though he'll do a crappy job or she'll do a crappy job, right? Or you're yeah. rinsing them off and you're handing them to the kid and they're because when they're two and three and four, they're excited to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you let them? And a lot of times you don't and let so them. So what if you've got to go in? They don't do it right. That's where we end up failing is because it takes three times longer to do it mm-hmm. I don't have time for that the parent opt often opts for the path of least resistance i'll just do it myself it's like when i work on the car you know we changed the brakes and brake pads and rotors on the on the van a few months ago it took three mm-hmm. or four times longer than it would have taken if it was just me but i had one yeah. son do two sides and the other son do the other side or one side two wheels and the other side and and I made them do it, but they would get frustrated and it's hard to break something loose. And it's like, I just sat there and so you need a longer bar, teaching them about leverage and the accomplishment afterwards. It's like, now you actually know how to do this. And so that's yeah. the incredible part when they actually do it and they're successful. So now I have a 16 year old who's working on his own vehicle and learning how to take care of stuff. And that's comes from mm-hmm. taught them, gave them responsibilities earlier, which is so critical. Yeah. A lot of parents it are is. doing that. Well, and I, I realize I'm an old fart, you know, but I think we don't throw things away just because they're from a different generation or whatever. <laughs> and my dad, of course, I was the oldest. I was the first girl. I only have one sister, the rest, five brothers, but I remember he wouldn't let me, um, drive anywhere until I could show him I could change a tire without assistance. Nice. That's a great, oh, yeah. I love that. that is awesome. <laughs> and I was eager to learn because I wanted to drive freedom. But yes. in his mind, he was keeping me safe. Mm-hmm. He's giving me a skill so that I don't have to work, you know, trust the help of a stranger on a dark desert highway, you know? Yep. And um, so there are things that we can do that we must do. Mm-hmm. for our children and we are this anti-independence right now i mean it's ridiculous that the state of colorado which i just sold our house and we're moving but the state of colorado just this last session had to pass a law that it's okay for children to play in the front yard unsupervised really yes or to play in the park that's just you know a half a block away or to ride their bikes out wow. front without a parent uh, watching over them. It's so, I mean, it's great. Okay. Thank you. That's a, that's a great thing. (laughs) Kids need that independence. How stupid that they had to pass a law for that. Yeah. When we moved to Oregon, we were in our first year here and we got this parent came and knocked on our door and said, there's another mother down the street. Who's going to report you guys to CPS because your son was out by himself riding his bicycle and his tire touched her grass. Sacred grass. And it's the grass over next to the street. So sidewalk and street. And right. report us. It was like, oh my gosh, we lived, we were in Crazyville and nothing yeah. happened of it. But it was like one of those, whoa, 
what's is this a new world here a new different set of rules but that's funny that colorado mm -hmm. had to pass that because it's obviously come up enough that they're putting a law in place wow yeah it and i mean it's happened several times but there was this one mom that was the genesis of really pushing for this and mm -hmm. getting her her son who was i think 11 10 or 11 years old and they had a bunch of kids noisy in the house so he went out and sat in the shade on the grass and was just literally working on homework sitting on the grass in the front yard working on his homework and she's in taking care of the other kids and getting dinner ready or doing yeah. whatever and a neighbor called CPS and said that he was being unsupervised wow. and CPS came in and yeah, it just opened up this whole uh, can of worms. And so she's the one that was calling legislators and all of this. And, Good and the thing is, it's so important for kids to have unsupervised time. Not you know, on even if they're two, <laughs> giving them time in at least the backyard right. and they can run around and do what it is they are going to do. And yeah, they're going to get dirty. They'll probably drink out of the hose and, <laughs> you know, they'll help. They yeah. 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 I did too. And that was in LA. I grew up in Los Angeles <laughs> and that was crap old water. We drank out of the hose anyway, you know, yep. and, um, you know, they might find a grasshopper and eat it. Now they're pushing us to eat in oh gosh <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know i know isn't that crazy but um yeah it's not gonna kill them and just letting them have that time whether they're alone or with a friend or a sibling or whatever it is so important for them to have to to have to manage through the conflicts that will arise when kids are playing outside unsupervised they're learning about things and you have so many parents that are, oh, no, no, no. And they'll rush in. And no matter what the right thing to do is that for the parent, they just want their child to get what they wanted. Right. It's yeah. not what's the right thing. Well, the amount and, of times I've heard of a so, fight happening around the corner in my house or outside oh. or argument between my, my kids or even my kids and some other kids and that instinct to want to go in and intervene. And instead, I just stand around the corner and wait. And listen, sometimes take notes even, <laughs> and it, they work it idea. out and they need to work it out. Like this is one of the most critical life skills. I've, I've actually lately, my kids just went through debate this past couple of years in part of our homeschool curriculum through classical conversations. Right. And I was like, wow, I wish this was required in college. It's one of the optional ones. They can do speech mm -hmm. or debate. I really am starting to believe that debate should be required because we can't fight and disagree. Like we can't hold a just common sense conversation about. So explain to me more about why you believe that, because I don't. And I want to know more. I want to be curious. Instead, we're taught to be defensive, antagonistic, almost even yeah. cancel you if you disagree. And we're not creating a better society when we don't prepare them to have good dialogue, healthy dialogue. Mm -hmm. Cause like some of the rules of debate are actually powerful of like when you're counter arguing, you can't even look at each other in the eyes. You, you look toward yeah. the group and you have to be able to succinctly think through um, what you're preparing to say and how you say it. And, and even understanding their arguments It's like skills we need, but those start when they're yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, those yeah. single digits. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, key. And in fact, to be able to truly listen to someone mm-hmm. instead of they say something and you're like, well, I disagree with that. And so you quit listening. They're talking. You're not. But you're formulating your counter argument mm-hmm. without really hearing how they got to where they are and um, and what benefit. I love this question is what benefit do you think that will bring <laughs> to society? or to our community, or to our family, mm-hmm. you know, and the what if. Yep. Well, so what do you think would happen if you did that? How would that affect your sister? How's that going to affect your teacher or the other kids in your class? Help them think. And when you have these conversations, instead of telling them, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, blah, blah, blah. But now they're learning to, oh, wait, there's a process here. Yeah. And well, we you've, need to we've, go through we've that. gotten away from the helicopter parents. That was already bad. Now we have the lawnmower yeah. or snowblower parent where they're just kind of paving the way for the kid to just march into adulthood, yeah. totally ill-equipped, totally incompetent, yeah. actually. Um, we're, we've noticed, yeah. I'm a college professor, over the years, the last 10 years, about 10 years ago, kids would come into school knowing how to work a computer, knowing how to do stuff on a computer. Now they don't know how because everything is apps and so they right. can tell you how things worked and if something went wrong they couldn't fix it same for theology they came they come in they used to know the bible now they know a few stories that they've heard over and over and over but they don't know theology they don't know scripture they don't know and it's like we are just gotten dumber and dumber in some ways not to mention skills micro and his pushing of you know, trades. Yes, yes, yes. I love micro. Me too. And it's like, we need more people that can have skills that can be used. This is a path, a great path for careers. Um, a very difficult one. The, the jobs are difficult, but they also pay very well. And yeah, we have a, we're coming up to that, the retirements of so many that we're losing that, that segment of the population. Yeah, it's it's true. And I think, too, I mean, you brought up they don't know the Bible. They don't know scripture. And just the act of just reading scripture with your kids, mm-hmm. you may think they're too young, too bad. No, they're not. Never. Too In fact, young. I know this one family, they gave all of their kids when they were little. It was like a cheap little paperback version of the New Testament, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they would all get together and read scripture in the evening from the New Testament. And the little kids had their little cheap ones and their colored pencils to mark. And right. now they're not underlining, they're drawing pictures and doing, you know, their scribbles or whatever. But at least they were getting used to the idea that we read scripture, mm-hmm. you know, for them, they did it at night before the kids went to bed. I know of some families that will do it in the morning or during dinner time or whatever. And, but they're getting those kids that exposure into the word of God Mm -hmm. overtly, not thinking, well, they don't want to do it. Did the kids always jump in and say, yay, scripture time? No, they didn't. But they knew this was part of our family. This is what we do. You know, and there were times when you got a teenager that's sitting with their arms crossed and, and, uh, 
That's well, fine. You can sit here with your arms crossed. Yeah, a few weekends ago, I took my sons, my two sons, teenagers, to a men's conference. Mm-hmm. And it's aimed at adult men. But it was 800 men here in Salem, Oregon. Um, they were, one of them was kicking and screaming, just furious at me. I was like, that's why I didn't ask you. I didn't even invite you. I made, I'm making you go after the conference. Both of them was like, that was powerful. That was encouraging. That was challenging. It was actually really good. And they both walked away very, you know, it impacted them, which that's the point. We as parents are supposed to be making choices for them not letting them drive just like, and I know this is controversial for some people, but we won't let our son play football. He wants to, he's incredible playing football, but it's like, no, we want to protect your brain. The research shows, Mm -hmm. especially at middle school and high school, the injuries are lifelong struggles and we don't want that. And so we made the choice, even though their two best friends are playing football. And they may mm-hmm. make it through into college or into adulthood just fine, but they also may not. It's our choice. Just like some parents choose yeah. to do t-ball and some parents choose to do other sports. We Every family is creating a, an ethos. Same for what you do with scripture or church. Every family is teaching mm-hmm. their children a worldview, whether it's we're going to sit and watch you know, SpongeBob all day, every day, or we're going to watch Beavis and Butthead, which is previous generation or South Park. Mm-hmm. Every family mm-hmm. is teaching their children an ethic, a, a worldview intentionally or unintentionally. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is when you're teaching unintentionally without purpose, without a goal, without direction, it's hit and miss a it lot. Is. And it's more missed than hit. It is. You're exactly right. Yeah. 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 So, so setting up a guideline or a goal, like for yeah. your summer and saying, all right, what are the goals I want to set for my child? Mm-hmm. What are the goals I want to set for me as well? Mm-hmm. And then how am I going to reach that goal? What are the milestones? Cause it's not, you go from zero to 60, mm-hmm. but you've got to get to 10, 20, 30, you know what I mean? Yep. And so, so what are the milestones that I can be looking for? to know that we are making progress toward that. And it could be a social emotional goal. It could be an academic goal. It could be a physical fitness goal, whatever it is. But when you have that purpose in your head and you have a plan and you have milestones that you're going to celebrate reaching and whatever, then you're teaching with purpose. That's really going to have a greater chance of success. Nothing is a hundred percent chance of success. Nothing. Yeah. Well, and you said the, the, like the social emotional goal or the, the grades and, and cre- academic goal. I see those like the academic, especially if we're not careful, it becomes their identity. I'm an mm-hmm. A student or I must be an A student. And it's like, no, the why behind the goal is important. So it, really it's character. Yeah. It's who they are right. behind the scenes. If I'm an A student and I cheated my way to it, that's going to play out in their adult life and it's going to play out in a scary way. We see that with college students when they cheat their way through mm-hmm. and they're caught a few times that they kind of get through, they're probably going to cheat at work. They're going to do things to yeah. unethically as an adult versus if they learn their lesson and turn repentance and they change their way. And so how to give, we do boy Scouts is what do we do with our sons and 
um, this is the picture behind me is where we were at last, all last week. Um, is mm. you know seventies right? No, this is actually Mount Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah, so got just it. South, just south of Mount Hood, we were just right there at the base mm -hmm. of Jefferson on a lake, um, wow. and I slept in a hammock all week. It was great, um, wow. but we do it because not because of Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts has gone crazy in some ways. Yes, it we, has. We are a group of dads who are all Christians who love our sons, and each invest mm -hmm. in each other. So. I was there all week along with one other dad and the other two other dads came part-time, but I got to invest in those other boys, not just mine. I spoke more right. with the other boys than I did my own kids. And so mm -hmm. it's the investing in just like I have other dads that invest in my sons. You're creating a community, which is what we should do in the church, which is what we should do in other, whatever your, your area of, if you're a musician, I hope you, when you mm -hmm. go to your, you know, whether it's your orchestra or band, if you hate everyone around you and you love your instrument, you're eventually going to hate your life. Like you want to put right. yourself around people you love to be with. And so you're, we're, I, I'm, I worry about the amount of kids that are driving the ship and the parents are just along for the ride versus being yeah. intentional as a parent. Yeah. Well, and I think that that group is getting bigger mm -hmm. than because there's I in fact I just did an episode with the rabbi and um he had some interesting things to say some that were kind of like oh wow but other things <laughs> were like yeah I totally agree with that but he talked about how parents in many ways are afraid of their own kids because if they go to school and say something you know if the teacher can get upset the teacher can turn them in the teacher you know what I mean and yeah. And they have to take that. And, and so they're afraid. They're afraid of what other people are going to think. They're afraid someone might call CPS if they don't handle it just right in the grocery store, yeah. you know? And, and so when you're parenting from a place of fear, it's all messed up. It's yeah. all messed up. You have to come from a place of, of gentle authority, mm -hmm. but that you mean Different. what you mean. Different. You don't have to be screaming and yelling at your kids you don't need to spank them or hit them but um but you are an authority and when what you say you mean and and like I said you don't have to yell at them about it but you just state it and I've heard parents say well if I'm not yelling my kids won't yet listen to me you've taught them well that's because you trained them exactly <laughs> that yep but secondly we can get you on a path where you're not doing that very much. How did you like it when your parents were yelling at you or when someone's screaming at you, how often did you feel like, Oh yeah, I really love that person. I want to go and spend yeah. time with them. You're I'm thinking, fine. what can I do to get them shut up and get me out of here? That's not bonding. Yeah. And yet we do it, it be because it's what we know. It's easy. You know, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And, her, and the kids are like backing up, you know, when I love what you because do, you've given uh, them a cue. Well, because what you do is a, is incredible. Because if we're not careful, we're looking for that perf perfect expert out there to teach me their ways. Like uh, we're in Star Wars and we're trying to find some Jedi or something. I don't know. It's yeah. like no, you've been there in the trenches with your own siblings, with your own kids, with mm -hmm. grandkids, with all the students you've served. You have more experience than probably most people do plus the training, 
that shows you where you failed, where we failed. We all know we've all failed, <laughs> but empowers you to walk alongside someone and see things in a different way than they do. That's the, that's the magic is you can walk alongside, yeah. not because you're perfect, but because you have been there, done that, made mistakes. And you can go, let's try this. It's just an experiment. If it doesn't work. We'll try something else. But you're guiding yeah. them in their journey with their kids. And it's life-changing. It is life-changing. Yeah, it, it can be. And it's, but it's also exciting to, when you get to a point where you understand mm -hmm. that it's not that I screwed up or that I did anything, but it's just that this kid is different and it's going to, yeah. so something may have worked really well with my <laughs> oldest Candace. And you think, Oh, okay, this is great. You try it with Shiloh, my next one. And nope. no, that didn't work at all. You know? And so you think, wait a minute. Cause I thought I had this down, you know, I, I think that's and, a humor. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> I love, I don't know if you've heard of Jeff Allen. He's a, a comedian. Mm -mm. And uh, I love him, but he says he thinks that teenagers are God's revenge on, <laughs> on people. He said, let them create something in their own image that denies their very existence and That's see awesome. how it feels. That's awesome. Yeah. I think my kids, I love one of my yeah, kids he's fantastic. Because of my mom's prayers of how, how much stress I gave her, my mom's prayers yeah. stress me out. And I got my, my middle son's name is Blaze. And he's got bright red hair. Oh, fun. And he's got oh, a temper and he's got passion, but he's also the most sweetest, sensitive kid too. So yeah. draining yeah. that in and guiding him is not always easy because him and I are a little too similar sometimes. Ah. And then, like you said, our, my oldest is a whole different personality. He's the hard, yeah. tough, um, kind of Marine-ish looking type person. So <laughs> we need to yeah. see, I call and them so my experiments, like I said in the beginning. And they are, we don't have control as much as we think we do. <laughs> and right. they are gods for him to, and that's where I think if you think of grades and you think of academic or in, in uh, sports and all the achievements, the most important thing is their faith, who they believe in, yes. their, their yeah. heart, not any of the other stuff. That's great, but their heart's the most important. Yeah. Yeah, I think having faith, um, and I don't really care what church you're going to, but I think going to church, <laughs> you know, and having that community and having that, uh, I, again, at the birthday party, I was talking to another set of parents, and and these kids all go to a private school called Challenger, it's a big private chain, but um, they were saying, because it only goes to eighth grade, and these moms were saying that. You know, their kids are turning seven, they're going into second grade, and they're already worrying about, you know, what's going to happen after eighth grade. But um, they were saying, like, well, I don't know what to do if, you know, high school and what that's going to happen. Well, my son Shiloh, they did a Christian school that goes up to eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And then they go in, but I was telling them that what's interesting is when they grow up in that environment, where more is expected, and behavior is a big issue, and blah, 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 that they're used to that. And so when they go into the public high school, if they're used to having friends mm -hmm. that are making the right decisions and are putting in the effort academically and they're not going mm -hmm. out and drinking and they're not going out and, and doing all of that, they're used to that kind of friend. 
they will find those kinds of friends in the high school. And they looked at me and were like, oh, I never thought of it that way. And one mom said, I feel like I can breathe now. Nice. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, when you're setting them again, you're getting them used to certain things. But I've, I've always said one of my things. It doesn't guarantee anything. You're setting them up. No. So you're setting them up for success. Yeah. But in the end, when they walk in that high school, they have to make their choices. And that's the heart. That's where we want control. (laughs) We have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but they do have that free agency. They do have that right to choose. And so one of the things that I've tried to push with my kids, you know, and again, nothing's going to work all the time and (laughs) they all make their stupid choices. But (laughs) I've always said, I'd rather, I'm not care. I'm not so worried about you being happy. Right. What? Like, it's not my job. Nope. I'm not worried about you being happy. I'm more worried about you being good mm-hmm. because the good choice, the right choice Your heart. is not always the happy choice. Exactly. Yes. And to, to walk away from friends you care about knowing they may not be your friend anymore, mm-hmm. knowing they might talk about you, knowing that they might think you're stupid, even though they're the ones who are being stupid, but that's very hard for a teenager. It's hard for adults for heaven's sakes. And so when their drive, when their purpose is being a good person and making righteous, good choices in their lives, that's going to serve them much better than, well, I just wanted to be happy. That's what's going to get you into alcoholism, into drug use, into, you know, premarital sex and so true. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my, one of my little yeah, let me ask you. So if you think back in your kids when they were younger, what are some things that you noticed in your kids, maybe even, but also even in the students that you taught that are things that you, your takeaways, if you will, some of the key things you use in your teaching parents today. And I know today's a different world than when your kids were young. The world has changed so much. But what are some of those like foundational, like we need to get this. So one of them you mentioned was, um, chores getting them involved in chores early i love that one yeah what else do you think is really really critical well i think that really building on that loyalty to family okay and not saying you have to be nice to your sister but you talk about sister in a way that did you see what sister just did for you helping them notice the good that's around them so many kids people go out of their way to do something for that child Chuck completely takes it for granted, yes. whether it's a parent or a sibling or a grandparent, you know, um, so and that. so I want to highlight those. Things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. 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 I know my parents, um, every Christmas morning, man, my dad came out with his yellow legal pad. And when we opened presents one at a time, it took us like two hours to open our Christmas. That's presents. what we do. I love that. That's yeah. Yeah. It's so do. much fun. One you can see what it is. And, but he would write down then. So DJ got, you know, uh, a new dress from Grandma Banyan. And so then before I could wear that dress, I had to write the thank you note to Grandma Banyan. Oh, I love that. For the dress. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Or, you know, Spence, my brother, he got a backpack from Uncle John. Well, before Spence could use that backpack, that's great. He had to write the thank you note. 
So even if it was a toy or whatever, whatever it is that you got, you can't use it until you've written the thank you note and it's crossed off that sheet. That is such a great, great habit of from dad. I love that. That's a really neat one. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's what our that's what parents that are listening to this need. So many parents have the right heart, but they're actually doing damage to their kids because of the lack of skills thinking they're doing the best they can. It's like, you might be doing the best you can with what you have right now, but let's partner with someone who can actually help give you some insight, counseling, coaching, encouragement, cheerleading. You got this. Cause some of us, some parents are in really tough places. They're dealing with a very difficult child. They're at their wits end or they're dealing with a special needs child physically, mentally, or both. And they need a place to have kind of respite. They need they need relationships. Moms need other, you know, women investing in their lives. And I do believe the generational thing is critical that we should see more of the older generation serving the younger and the younger listening to the older, which is often what is missing of men and women yeah. of a multi-generational relationships instead of being all in the same if your 20s, 20s, 30s, 30s, kind of all mm-hmm. together. So how we do community. Yeah. The family is the perfect example of that. Your family, from grandparents to kids to grandkids to you know the whole gamut, doing life yeah. together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too that um, we're kind of pushing now that the older people, the boomers or whatever, that oh their attitudes aren't woke or their attitudes aren't you know. Fitting with what I want to do. <laughs> glad they're not. What was that? I'm glad they're not. Ugh. We need yeah, to for sure. back on to, we need to sit with that Marine or that vet that's in their seventies mm-hmm. or eighties and listen to the stories they have. They may not tell mm-hmm. us about certain things that happen in war. I understand that generationally. We've mm-hmm. learned later now that that's actually not a good thing, but in terms of it, it makes PTSD worse um, when we just bottle it up. But we need to sit and hear the stories of our, how did our parents meet? How did grandparents meet when they first started yeah. dating? What are some of the, the struggles you went through financially 40 years ago, back in the old days? And kids need yeah. to hear these stories. And that's, we used to be an oral world and everything moved to yeah. print. And then it moved from print to screens. And it's just kind of fallen to pieces when it comes to that. So that, that oral yeah. That's what I love about like at camp. We sat around the campfire every night and discussed concepts of masculinity and being godly men and loving our mm-hmm. others, being protectors, being um, caregivers of the world, if you will. Like that's what we talked about. It was, and then getting to know other dads um, for me mm-hmm. is nourishing as well. Yeah. So your website, I, yeah. your website yeah. is littleheartsacademyusa.com, right? littleheartsacademyusa.com. And so what I encourage mm-hmm. listeners to, to do is you have a podcast and you mm-hmm. have an upcoming challenge here in the late June, 2022. Um, or sorry, late July. July. Late July, 2022. I can't believe it's July. Goodness. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah, happy fourth, yay. And um, yeah, thank it's, you. it's amazing the tools that are out there like you, and that's kind of the whole point of this podcast is to connect others to you 
that you actually partner with people and help them um, with with parenting, with really dealing with themselves and how they can actually overcome. What's the upcoming challenge in late July all about? Yeah, so the upcoming challenge is the 10-day challenge mm -hmm. and we will have five lives. So every other day, mm -hmm. we'll start on July 25th with a, a live um, session just for the people who've signed up for it. And we're going to help parents get on the path to quit yelling at their kids Love it. and start <laughs> talking to yeah. their kids and getting their kids to listen without them yelling. Nice. So you want to save your yelling for when your child's running into the street or, yes. you know, they're about to touch a hot stove or whatever. Save it for that. Cause if you're yelling all the time, they don't hear it. Yeah. They're like, yeah. <laughs> she's yelling again. Who yep. cares? Yep. And, but if you rarely, rarely yell, and all of a sudden you're yelling at them because it's a safety thing or whatever. That's important. They'll stop it. Wow. That what she's yelling. Right. And so you can, you can get it turned around. Plus you feel better about yourself as a parent and as an individual. So I true. never felt good after I yelled at my kids. Yeah. So true. So I, yeah. And so it's just 10 days. It's free. And so when you go to the website, you'll have like, there's a, in the top, it's the intro. Mm -hmm. And then there's a link to the podcast. So you can go directly to the podcast from the website. And then right under the podcast is where you register um, for the 10 day workshop and it'll open up on the 25th. And so, yeah, every other day we'll have a live, you'll have a day to try and implement some of the things that we've talked about mm -hmm. and, and then you'll come back and we'll discuss nice. how it went. And one of the coolest things about that is moms and dads, and this is dads too, is oh yeah, chime in, listen in, do do the do the homework, and mm -hmm. you can do this from while you're jogging. You can do this sitting in the car. Oh, yeah. You can do this in doing life. You don't have to go somewhere. That's one of the I think the cool things about even like what we're doing. You're in mm -hmm. Colorado. I'm in Oregon, and we can do these things. Let's take advantage of the technology and use it for good because there's a lot of bad when it comes to technology and the distractions. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time to focus on your parenting, have conversations. with. Well, and a, another thing that's kind of cool is that, you know, so the calls will be at five o'clock Pacific time mm -hmm. every night that we're doing them. If that time isn't working for you, you'll still, you should still sign up because you can get the replays. Right. Exactly. And so you might not have the interaction that's going on with the calls, but you'll be there. You'll get the information. You'll see how other parents were reacting and the things that they shared. And you can still benefit from that. Nice. And then you've got your podcast called Imperfect Heroes. That's a, I like that title. That's a good one. Thank you. Your focus is on parenting. Parenting children ages eight and under. Eight and so under. So we're focusing right. on those foundational years. So important. Uh, from birth, yeah, birth to eight. And that's where my specialty lies in. That's where my degree is. And nice. so with the district, I was an early childhood specialist, which what? meant basically um, I worked with kids up through third grade. I could teach a class. I taught a lot of kindergarten. That was my favorite spot. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. Um, yeah, those great kids. But um, yeah, and I also had endorsements. I can't remember now if we mentioned this in the um, music and special needs, yes. but it's really just being calm. Yeah. Calm down. When we get all hyped up, 
We act like our children when they're high. Exactly. So true. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Only we're bigger and stronger. <laughs> yeah. That's and louder. Cool. Yes. Can be yeah. Strong. Yeah. Well, DJ, it was so great having this conversation with you. I look forward to further conversations and seeing what you do and how you impact the world. And so thankful for this time. So thank you for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to talk again anytime. Awesome. And the website is littleheartsacademyusa.com. Yes, it is. Littleheartsacademyusa.com. Awesome. We'll have that in the show notes. So blessings. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at healinglives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at bookdrg.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.